The Rangers and Rays faced off with a crucial series where the Rangers took all three against the Tampa Bay Rays. Is this an ALCS preview? We're going to break down which of these teams is the true power in the American League and which team is truly the best heading into the postseason. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers and Locked On Rays. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on the Texas Rangers and locked on to the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm Bryce Patrick, host of the Locked On Rangers podcast for all five seasons. Joining me today on this crossover episode, we have Kevin Weiss and Ulysses. What, what is your last? Zambrano? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just immediately blank right out of the gate. We are talking about this crucial three-game series where the Rangers took three out of three games against the Tampa Bay Rays in a heavyweight battle in the American League. Thank you all so much for making like locked on range and locked on Rangers and locked on Rays your first listen every single day. Now, this was a crucial series and one that I don't think told us that much more about either of these teams. I don't think that the Rays are frauds by any means, or the Rangers are by sure, uh, you know, absolutely the best team in the American league at this point. But I'm just curious, which, which of these two teams do you think you feel more confident about heading into the playoffs as they currently stand before they make any big deadline moves? I think right now on July 19th, it would it would have to be the the Rangers. Uh, they they just looked um, offensively more stable. Um, the pitching is great. They they've got some bullpen help. Uh, it's it was a it was a a really good team to watch for with a third party perspective, uh, not being you know following them along every day. So they're they're a really good team. And the impressive thing is is that it's it's a not only a top heavy lineup, but it's it's throughout the lineup. I mean, you, you can really go seven, eight, nine, and and you're still facing really good hitters, um, which which is really impressive. So right now, I, I would have to lean uh, Rangers, but you know, thankfully, it's July nineteenth, and playoffs do not start tomorrow, and there is plenty of baseball left. Yeah, and I would agree with everything Ulysses said there. It's been a woeful month for the Rays, three and eleven. In the month of July, if I'm correct on that, you asked me this question, April 19th, May 19th, June 19th, maybe I would say the Rays. But right now, these teams, these franchises, I think are tilting in opposite directions. The Rangers stock is up. The Rays stock is down. Not to say that, oh, we're terrible or we're not going to do anything. It's just at this point, you got to respect the way that the Ra- uh, that the Rangers are playing in all facets of the game. And then, as we mentioned on this week's um, shows, Ulysses, that the Rangers have put their money where their mouth is. They went out and acquired a legit talent in Aroldis Chapman. It's been crickets for the Rays and other teams as well. Yeah, and and they spent money in the middle of the infield too, right? Semyon and 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 Seager, and they're producing, so they've really done what they want, what they've wanted. And then the young guys that they have with the Rangers of uh, Josh Young, Jonah Heim, like they're, they're producing too. So it's really again, it's it's top to bottom, uh, Bryce. It's it's been really impressive to see from afar. Uh, but if if you talk about the Rays, I, I I saw this today and I tweeted it out. Since June 1st, the Rays have played 40 games. 
which is around 41% of, uh, of the season so far. In that span, they, they're ranked 17th in F4, 19th in WRC Plus with a 100 um, uh, grade, which is basically average, and 21st in OPS with a 706 OPS. So it, since June 1st, it has been a struggle offensively for this team. But I think even knowing all of this, you look at these three games, and yes, it was a sweep, but every game was close. Yeah, and this is something that the Rangers haven't done very much. They've done basically since the All-Star break of having these comeback wins, especially against good bullpens. The Rangers did it twice against the Cleveland Guardians bullpen, which by so many metrics, by ERA, by strikeout rate, by left on base rate, like is the best in baseball. And the Rangers just demolished the Guardians bullpen. And they did it again against the Rays, who is just a team that from an outsider is like, oh, well, the Rays just have like 87 great pitchers. And literally everyone that the Rays gets that is a pitcher is going to be very good. Great. Including former Ranger, great Zach Littell, who actually never pitched for the Rangers, the big league team, but did have a triple a contract before going to the Red Sox. And then the Rays went three and a third innings with just one earned run allowed, just one run in general allowed, which was, I believe the, um, though it's number nine hole hitter, um, solo yeah. home run, which, you know, the Raiders took two out of the first two out of three in this series. And then the Raiders were going with the bullpen game, which has been the Rangers, you know, biggest Achilles heel. They just have not been able to take advantage of bullpen games. And then here they let Zach Littell go three and a third innings, allow like limit them to just one run. And I think this was a really big performance from the Rangers because a couple of, of so many monumental things happening in this game from John Gray and his injury. Um, thankfully there was no, there was no broken bones. He took a 112 mile an hour liner off of his plant foot. Thankfully, nothing was broken. I mean, Gray had taken a, I believe, 114 mile an hour liner off his arm in Houston a few months back where we thought, oh, that's surely a broken arm. John Gray is yeah. done for the season. That's it. Um, thankfully, it was just a bruise. This was just a bruise as well. And then Adolis Garcia also took a pitch off of the elbow right in off of the shing or off of the protective guard. Thankfully, mm -hmm. also nothing structurally damaged there. Um, and then we also got to see the major league debut of one Alex Spees, who I talked a little bit on my show. Rays fans may not know about Alex Spees, but he is one of the feel good stories for the Rangers this year. This was his major league debut. He was a guy who the Rangers drafted in the second round, um, I believe in 2016. He was a guy who always threw very hard. Um, and had absolutely no idea where he was going. <laughs> absolutely no idea. Had Tommy John surgery, was drafted out of high school, and ended up retiring after lax after the 2021 season. Spent 2022 um, just coaching a bunch of kids, and you know decided he was done with baseball. And then his daughter and his family and his friends said, "Hey, you should give it one more chance. You just go go talk to the Rangers, see if they'll have you back, and see if you can go and kind of." You know, give it one more shot. And if it doesn't work out, then great. Um, and if it does, then awesome. And he was absolutely fantastic in double A, absolutely fantastic in triple A. And the Rangers called him up. He added a new cutter, uh, which was basically his new pitch. He had a fastball and a slider. The fastball gets up at triple digits. And the, the cutter we saw was absolutely nasty in his debut. Got Wander Franco to strike out for his first batter he ever faced, strike him out, throw him out, double play. And then got Randy Rosarena to swing out of his shoes, lose the bat to All-Stars. I mean, he faced five batters and he struck out three of them, did not allow a single hit or a walk. A great debut for him. Coming up, we're going to look at where these teams might stack up in the playoffs, how much of a sure thing this is an ALCS preview, and a little bit more. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. 
for a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay, eBay Motors Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure that every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know your part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When you shop on eBay Motors and with over 122 million different parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home win with the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers and Locked On Rays your first listen every single day. The Rangers take on the Dodgers this weekend while the Rays take on the Orioles. You can catch every pitch from both series on the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers or Rays. Now, I feel like we learned a lot about both these two teams in this series. What would you say that we learned about the Rays that we didn't know before heading into this series? Ah, that's that's tough to say what we learned about uh, the Rays. I, I think, first of all, in, in a cheeky way, we learned that Josh Lowe maybe is um, um, maybe has a better sense of humor than than, Nate, than Nathaniel Lowe. Uh, I think that we can say that in a cheeky way. Uh, the real way, I think it's it's not something that we don't know, but it, it's it's the offense, man. It's it, we've seen, like I said in the earlier segment, since June first, it's been basically an average offense, and it continues to be. However, Kevin pointed out uh, a couple of weeks ago, you don't really want to mess with the clubhouse, um, uh, you know, atmosphere, and, and 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 those guys have been together for a while now, and they've produced. We've seen them produce this same season. So to just kind of trade away some pieces in that lineup. Um, might not be great for the clubhouse, but something's got to give. I mean, you can't just keep being a mediocre offense and expect to go deep into the playoffs. Uh, you can't do that because the race have been there before where they have really good pitching. They have really good defense. They can uh, run the base as well, but if the hitting is not there, you're not really going to make it. So I don't think it's something new that we learned, but I think it's just more cemented in the fact that you can have a great Shane McClanahan start and lose you can have a great tosh bradley start and still lose uh kevin do, do you think we we learned something new no i think you hit the nail on the head there again it's just a case of you can't it, it's really really unfortunate to see starts go to waste by shane mcclanahan and Taj bradley respectively uh it's gonna happen with shane mcclanahan but Taj bradley like that was his chance to really have a feel-good moment and you know get that w next to your name possibly perhaps and it didn't happen and just the the ineptitude with runners in scoring position that's not going to help your case and i don't care who you're playing if it's the rangers the royals the athletics uh the durham bulls you go a, a combined i don't know like one for 15 with runners in scoring position and you're averaging you know two runs three runs one game uh, one, that's not going to get it done you have to have uh more in the tank than that and it's concerning. I mean, we're, we're starting to see guys come back down to earth and that's where some of the higher profile names like Brandon Lau have to kick it up a notch and have to step up. And maybe we're starting to see a little bit of that, but um, it, it's got to be more than a uh, Yandy Diaz, Wander Franco, Randy Rosarena show comparatively to the Rangers. It seems like the lineup is really balanced and strong from top 
to bottom, whether that's a, a case of structuring um, or, or just uh, more depth. It seems like a lot of those, a lot of guys on that roster are very, very productive and, and can hold their own. And, um, you know, for the Rays, you know, you give Yandy Diaz a, a rest day, Wander Franco a rest day. It's like, where, where's the offense going to come from? Is is Jose Siri going to be able to produce it besides the home run? What's his on-base percentage? Where's Christian Bethencourt? Where's Francisco Mejia in a big moment? Taylor Walls, what's he going to do? It, it's got to be more than two or three folks. Yeah, one, one of the things that I've <clears throat> I've noticed kind of the difference between these two lines, because they both do have like a lot of, especially it's fallen off a little bit the last couple of months with Taylor Walls kind of falling back down to earth and, and Bethencourt's numbers kind of falling back down just a little bit. And like, both like one through nine or at least one through eight of both these lineups. Like they have very, very good OPSs, but the thing I think is the difference between these two. And I'm not sure if it's, if it's a benefit to the Rangers or benefit to the Rays, but it seems like the Rays fall a little bit more on the home run ball. And I think that's actually a strategy that does do very, very well in the playoffs because you know, you're facing off against the best pitchers. And and sometimes you just can't get a hit in with runners scoring position. The Rangers, basically hit like Barry Bonds for the first two and a half months as a team basically hit like 330 um like with an on base of like 400 and slash like 560 or something with runners in scoring position for like two months and then basically from the time they played the Rays in mid-June to the end or to the all-star break they hit like I don't know Adam Rosales with runners in scoring position <laughs> so like eventually those things come back down to earth and you do need the home run ball and it's kind of a different philosophy like this Rangers team is first overall, I believe for the season in on base percentage. And that's one of the things that like everybody in this lineup does well, even though I have a lot of uh, begrudging um, angst about seeing Robbie Grossman's name in the lineup as often as he does, he does give professional at bats, even when Nathaniel Lowe is like, I mean, he's got basically an 800 OPS, but as your three-hole hitter in this lineup, you're like, okay, well, can't they do a little bit better than that? He will He will have professional at-bats and keep the lineup moving and, like, you know, see a lot of pitches and will do something productive. Like we saw in the – was it the Tuesday game? Or no, it was the Monday game when they won on the walk-off wild pitch where Nathaniel yeah. Lowe, I believe he might have had one hit all day, but he also got that runner from second to third where mm -hmm. they ended up scoring on the walk-off wild pitch. And that's one of the things that this play, Rangers lineup does well. And it feels like it the Rays lineup for – a lot of very, very great hitters, a lot of very talented hitters, and I think probably a much more talented starting pitching staff than the Rangers have, or maybe it's maybe it's even, but like I feel like that's the thing where the Rangers have the edge over the Rays. Is that what y'all feel like as well? Yeah, well, I, well, yeah, let me just add this, yeah. Bryce, before Ulysses, you go off on this. Yeah. Um, the the point on the home runs, yes, it's accurate. The issue with the Rays is, and I think it was Evan Klosky, our buddy from channel 10 WTSP, pointed out astutely is they're all solo home runs like yep. they're they are not hitting home runs with runners on or runners in scoring position whatever it may be uh in fact was every home run by the rays in this series a solo shot i believe uh, so the let's see the, the last game randy, was a solo shot Siri um, was a, a solo randy was uh, a solo shot brendan Lau was a solo, Lau shot. Was a solo shot josh Lowe was a solo shot um yeah rosarena uh brandon Lau. yeah all, all of them were solo that's shots. almost all unbelievable yeah, so no, I'll just make that. That's note. see, that's what the Rangers did last year. Is they, you know, they would hit home runs, or I guess in the last couple of years, well, I guess two years ago they didn't really hit any home runs, but last year they would just hit a lot of solo shots. This year, they don't hit as many home runs. Like they, I mean, they've got. I mean, it feels like they're going to have like nine guys in their lineup hit twenty home runs. I mean, Travis Jankowski is probably the only nearly everyday regular who's not going to have you know 
10 home runs. I mean, he has one. And honestly, he's kind of lucky to have that one. He did smash it. But like the difference between having a bunch of just hits with runners, like rallies, two out rallies and, um, you know, massive three run homers as opposed to a bunch of solo shots. I didn't really realize it because the range has been so trash and I'd take any home run I could get for the last two, three years. I mean, this is how, you know, Kevin and I uh, talk uh, a lot of baseball together is because that's exactly what I was going to say, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, the, the race have just been basically killing it with the, with the solo shots lately. I think the number that Evan Klosky put out was out of the last 24 home runs, 20 have been solo shots. Something unbelievably crazy that you when you know when you look at a, a baseball stat and you're like there must be a typo this is stupid somebody made a mistake here no no yeah. no, it's actually true like that yep. is how silly the solo shot thing has been for the race lately so yeah it's great that they're hitting home runs but when you don't have people on base to kind of put a crooked number on the board then it really is you know yeah it's great but it's it's really not going to get the job done. like it's going to be very difficult to win a ball game one zero um in, in mlb so th- they just need to kind of get back to not chase as much um pick the the right pitch to to swing at and that might be the biggest cliche that you can that you can say in baseball but that's exactly what they were saying in april and in may when they had the best offense in baseball and that's what they said they were doing so if they can get back to that hopefully we can see better results yeah, absolutely. Coming up, we're going to look at how much, how likely this is an ALCS preview, what both teams are going to look like, and who we are most impressed with on the other team. But first, let's word from our sponsors. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers and Locked On Rays your first listen every single day on Monday show. I'm sure both of us will be breaking down these two crucial weekend series against contenders for both of our upcoming clubs. The Rangers take on the Dodgers this weekend. The Rays take on the Orioles. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM and search Rangers or Rays. Now, both of these teams are likely headed for the playoffs. I feel like barring something absolutely miraculously terrible for either of these teams, we're going to see both these teams in the playoffs. But I'm curious if if you were to put a percentage, um, you know, confidence on it, how likely do you think that this is the ALCS preview? I guess just both of these teams are in the ALCS. Not that the Rangers are going to sweep the race in the ALCS, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I would be very happy with that. Of course. Of course you would. Uh, well, <laughs> we would like to get some revenge from 2010 and 2011. That would be nice. Um, but uh, <laughs> ALCS. Well, I think if you do a power rankings, it has to be um, Rays, Orioles, Rangers, Houston, not in that order, but like those are the four teams. I was about to say, yeah, yeah. Houston is obviously last. <laughs> yeah, there's that Texas, uh, yeah, <laughs> vibe there. Um, yeah, so there's those four teams because let's be serious, central divisions in baseball are a joke. Uh, so it's those yep. four teams. Uh, this might sound like a completely hot take, but if you follow the ALEs uh, a lot, then this might not be such a hot take. I don't believe in the Yankees. I don't believe in the Red Sox. And the Jays are just a little bit better than the White Sox. What do I mean by that? I mean that everything is right on paper. But they have underperformed and people still keep giving them so much praise. Oh, the Blue Jays. Oh, the Blue Jays. They've done nothing. So really, in the AL East, it's just Baltimore and Tampa Bay. I feel like that's that's going to be it. 
On the other side is Texas men. It's both Texas teams. Now, how likely is it going to be that the race? I, I I can't put a percentage point. Maybe I can I, I can shoot that over to to Mr. Kevin Weiss if he gives me a number. Yeah, it's it's really tough to determine that. Um, I will say I'm I'm rooting for the Rangers more so than the Astros. I think pretty much most baseball fans out there are doing that. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, I would say the Rays are more likely to do that than the Orioles just because they do have that tested playoff atmosphere in their clubhouse and Mm -hmm. uh, in their organization. So they have a little bit of been there, done that vibe where I think the Orioles still need to understand and figure out what's it like to play in the playoffs and how to advance. It's a different show. It's a different ball game. Uh, to some extent. So I feel like the Rays, even though they're kind of on a downswing right now, we have to see what happens at the trade deadline as well. And assuming everybody can stay healthy. I mean, there's a reason that the Rays gave contract extensions to the likes of Pete Fairbanks, Yandy Diaz and Jeffrey Springs injured, of course, but to Two keep former that con- Ranger yeah. greats. Yeah. Uh, to, to keep that continuity, uh, you can thank us for Nick Solak. Uh, to keep that continuity. No, no, thank you. Absolutely. The honest of thank yous. <laughs> uh, I apologize for that, but, but well, you meet low Nathaniel low, I should say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's kind of my his point on that is the that the Rays have so much. Yeah. That the Rays have so much playoff experience. I would, I would give the edge and in, in the nod to them. Are they a world series contender? I I wouldn't say so at, at this point. I would I would much more likely lean uh, the Braves in the National League, of course. And then uh, I think the Rangers are a more complete team as of today than the Rays are. Man, uh, uh, Rangers fans hearing that are just going to be over the freaking moon because just me hearing that just whew, heart skip the beat just a little bit. But you know, I, I definitely. I, I like the Orioles and I like the Rays, both of them. I, I like I, I will not choose sides between both of y'all. I am rooting for you over all of the other teams in the AL East because of my John Daniels allegiance, which by the way, I'm curious, what is y'all's thoughts on John Daniels, former Rangers GM, the t- the man who built the two World Series uh, attending teams for the Texas Rangers and the most successful teams in franchise history and and kind of mostly built this team. What have y'all thought about his influence being a what is his particular role? A senior old guy who kind of hangs around and, and occasionally does some moves. That's it. That's actually what he's on his business card. It's on yeah. his LinkedIn profile. <laughs> actually, I don't know how you got that right on the money. I mean, uh, John and I are good friends. So yeah, of course. Yeah. Text him about the show after. Um, no, I think, I mean, we talked about it. We made a whole like uh, episode about it. Kevin and I, when, when that uh, news broke out, I, I think it was, I think it's great. I think it's fantastic to get somebody else that has, like Kevin said, been there, done that. That has been successful, like you said, building World Series championship uh, uh, teams. Just another mind. And also, I think it's important to not get caught up in, and this goes to, in baseball, but this also goes with politics. This also goes with religion. This also goes with education. It's not good to be caught in, in an echo chamber. Everybody having the same kind of thoughts. Oh, everybody's internal in the race. Like, no, let's see. Let's get a guy from Texas. And 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 what is your experience? What do you think that we're doing right? What do you think we were doing wrong? Like, get some diverse ideas going out. 
Um, so I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. I'm curious as to your thoughts of how much the Nathaniel low trade working out for the Rangers impacted them. Side. Like, okay, y'all, y'all got one over on us here. What, what did you see that we didn't see? We didn't bring you in. So we don't do that again. <laughs> yeah. It, it's really funny. I mean, since, uh, John Daniels has been hired and I guess the proper title is senior advisor. It's, it's really been out of sight, out of mind. We haven't really, seen him do any interviews or features or anything of that angle. So I think it's clearly more behind the scenes work and, and having some added value in that perspective, but it's not like he's going out there and handling press conferences or talking to the media. That's uh, that's Eric Neander's job. That's Peter Bendix's job. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ulysses, but I don't know if I've heard a quote well, from John well, Daniels thus far this year. The, the, the funny thing is the beginning of the season. Yeah. The funny thing is he's done quite a few interviews with like, Dallas local radio talking about his time mm. with the Rays and how the Rangers are doing this year. I think more so than with any kind of, you know, South Florida kind of media. Wow. Mm. Look at that. All right. Wow. Well, well, you know, I hope he's, um, I hope he's enjoying his time in, in with the Rays. But yeah, like Kevin said, there hasn't been like, it's time for the John Daniels quote of the day kind of thing. It hasn't been right. that at all. But again, like I said, it's, it's great to have uh, somebody from from the outside and, and kind of kick their ideas in, especially with uh, Peter Bendix being such a young general manager. Just mm-hmm. having some elder statesman in the room that can yeah. say, "Hey, uh, I know you've got a lot of um, urine and vinegar in you, and you have some newfound ideas, but here's where things could go wrong or wayward." Just, I, I think it's you don't want to have too many cooks in the kitchen, but having a guy with that experience in, in going through successes and failures. Um, I think it's absolutely critical and important. And was he not um, part of the Rangers organization as they went from one ballpark to another ballpark? So the construction and the development and all the minutia that goes into that, I feel like he brings some, some value and uh, some knowledge in that respect as well. True. Yeah. And one of the things that is, is the strongest point of him, and, and it's funny because had the Rangers not fired him, I think a bit prematurely, this would have been the role that John Daniels was playing with the Rangers that that now what Dayton Moore is doing for Chris Young. I mean, Chris Young was basically his handpicked successor. Um, and Chris Young does not have a whole lot of GM experience, which is why they brought in Dayton Moore since they didn't have John Daniels. And like, the few failures of John Daniels career, he made a lot of good moves, but like drafting and developing, especially developing pitching, something the Rangers just have not done. The Rays are, you know, one of, if not the best organizations in baseball in developing pitching, but like just having those relationships and that experience of just like, Hey, I've been a front office GM for a contender for a lot of years. I know what it takes to, you know, make these trades. I have relationships with everybody around the league. He's very well respected. I thought that was a brilliant move by the Rays. And I was so pissed the Rangers let him go. Um, and I think that, I mean, I don't think that he's the entire reason why the Rays are doing well, but I'm, I'm not saying he wasn't a large part of it for sure. I'm sure he's a factor and that's all that we care about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was a, a lot of fun. This series. I'm curious, <clears throat> final takeaways from the series, who on the Rangers that you'd, hadn't really heard of or thought of much impressed you the most this series uh i mean i'm gonna be biased but the race have this uh unfortunate uh talent of letting go of the wrong catchers and mm. uh jonah heim was definitely on that list i know people 
on the race side are going to jump at me saying, how dare you say Jonah Heim when we got Joey Wendell and Joey Wendell was awesome. I get it, people. Joey Wendell was awesome. Yes, he was. But can I just, just say Jonah Heim for this hypothetical? I think it's Jonah Heim for me. Yeah, and just adding a honorable mention to that, I would say Ezekiel Duran, just based on taking a tailing 97 fastball away from Shane McClanahan and taking it the other way with ease and just his numbers. And hasn't he played like six positions this year in some shape or form? Yeah, so when so originally Ezekiel Duran, I thought was going to be the everyday left fielder. He did not win the job out of camp. He did not win it over Robbie Grossman. He did not win it over Travis Jankowski. He was just kind of a play every once in a while. And so when Corey Seager had that hamstring injury in mid-April, the original plan was to platoon Josh Smith and Ezekiel Duran at shortstop. And then Ezekiel Duran caught fire and actually played very good defense at shortstop. And then it was like, oh, Okay, I guess this guy's just playing every day. And when Corey Seager came back, he just kind of was an everyday staple in the lineup. Yeah, and he's he's what's he been batting eighth or ninth like that? Mm-hmm. Just those uh, numbers seventh are or eighth, eye popping. I mean, he's he's basically playing all star level baseball right now. I yeah, mean, he I, he, he should have been all-star. in as a as a number three, number four hitter on a lot of teams just mm-hmm. based on his numbers. Yeah, I mean, I, I just talked on yesterday's show about if I would include him for a trade for Shoyo Tani, which I, I don't know that I would. Like, that's kind of where Ooh. he's gone. I've been I've been can, a big believer in him. Can I just have a, a real 10 question? You don't have to go. I just go for it. Is Shoyo Tani going to be traded? Yes or no? Right now, I, I say yes, and I, I feel sad, and I don't want him to be traded. Um, but if he does get traded, I would like it to be for the Rangers. But yeah, no, that that tailing fastball that you mentioned, I, I did like an enti- like entire segment about like that entire at bat of taking like three changeups in a row and taking it to the opposite field. That was his first opposite field home run of the season. He is very wow. much a pull side hitter. And he took that fastball after seeing three changeups, three of the best ch- left-handed changeups in the game and takes it out of the zone to the opposite field for the first opposite field home run of the season. Only the second of his big league career. I was like, that is, that is some special stuff right there. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you're a race fan, it would be like Isak Paredes hitting a home run oppo. Yeah. Very similar exactly. power profiles, just pull heavy, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of forgot that Jonah Heim was a former Rays farmhand who the Rangers. Um, do you know what trade the Rangers got Jonah Heim in? Uh, I'm assuming they got him from Oakland. From Oakland. From Oakland. Uh, yeah. This is going to bother me. Uh, the guy's still in the league. He plays for the White Sox now. The Elvis Andrews trade. The Rangers got Jonah Heim no. for Elvis and uh-huh. Yep. Yep, they did. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh an absolute rock like the That's the like great. the the trifecta of like kind of older veterans that are still thought of as kind of young, of like brilliant moves by John Daniels and Chris Young were, you know, Nathaniel Lowe, Jonah Heim. And Adoles Garcia, who the Rangers got from the Cardinals for cash considerations, and now he's a two-time All Star. Like, yeah, yeah, unreal. And just, I think he's still leading the the league in RBIs too, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah, um, because the Rangers have like five guys in the top like ten in RBIs, yeah. and one of them is their leadoff hitter. Um, but for a guy from the Rays who impressed me a lot this series, um, I mean, it's obvious to say Shane McClanahan coming back off of like seventeen days not pitching and goes six innings and the only runs he allowed were on that incredibly improbable Ezekiel Duran home run. But I got to say Taj Bradley, 
I mean, I know he allowed a couple of runs and a home run, um, but he struck out nine and he made Corey Seager, who has been, if it's not Shohei Otani, it's been Corey Seager who's been the best hitter in baseball. He made him look foolish three times, struck him out three times. And I was like, man, I know he's been inconsistent this year, but like that guy's got a really, really bright future. Yeah, yeah. He, if if you're talking Shohei Otani traits, uh, that would be an arm that I would think the Angels would be very interested in because um, please I, don't it, do that. I don't want to see him. <laughs> with the Angels. I, I I believe it was um, Kyle Snyder who said uh, that's that's the shame that's the Shane McClanahan on the right side. It's yeah. Tosh Bradley. Uh, yeah, and I mean he had his entire arsenal working for you know the first time in a while seemingly, and he's kind of been thrown into the fire sooner than the Rays or he could have expected with the injuries to so many other pitchers and starters. So um, he's kind of uh, drinking from a fire hose and you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have bad starts and horrific starts and great starts as a rookie. That's just the name of the game. But he has the tool set to be uh, a top level talent on the Rays and in across baseball um it just may take a couple years but we saw flashes of that for sure uh in the uh, game against the rangers yeah this was a very very fun series hoping both these teams can face off in the alcs i i say i say for now at least for the next couple years neither of these teams should make a trade where we should feel about even you know you have former (laughs) ranger great pete fairbanks that you turned into being amazing former ranger great jeffrey springs who y'all somehow turned down into being amazing and the rangers got one over on y'all with the older low brother in nathaniel and uh, i'm it's so fun stitched uniform and um, <laughs> including the the fun little you know extra hard tags over at first base that Nathaniel was placing by the way his little brother Josh did you notice that the dad was wearing a race shirt not a ranger shirt he went full race so I well, think the I think he family... just felt I think he felt bad about all the losses that the Rays were taking he's like that you know what I, I gotta be the out there game. for Josh that was the first game <laughs> well let's 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 be honest um both lows have played for the Rays, can't say that about the Rangers. That's true. So far, so far, you never, you never know what's coming up next. Maybe we have, we have a John Daniels, Chris Young trade in our future. Who knows what's going on there? But these are two very good teams, a very fun series, more so for me than for y'all. I don't think these teams play each other for the rest of the regular season. Am I right? Um, Just these two series, but I am very much looking forward to hopefully doing another crossover with y'all in the ALCS when both of these teams have eliminated both uh, all of their competition in the Orioles and Astros or whoever else stands in their way in the playoffs. Thank y'all so much for listening and subscribing to Locked On Rays and Locked On Rangers. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers and Tampa Bay Rays baseball.